Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Safest Family on the Block, where knowledge is power. I'm your host, Jason, and joining me today is Brent Dusing. Hello, Brent. Hi, how are you doing, Jason? I'm really excited to have you on. That's how I'm doing. And yeah, you know, we've been I've been talking with your publicist for a while to get you on, and I'm really interested in your insights about some of the risks of having our kids online. Being online and online gaming in particular, they're they're immensely powerful for good or for ill. And your work through your company and your and your game are trying to make it more good than ill. So let's start with just tell us a little bit about your project. What are you what are you doing and why? Yeah, so what we're building at True Play Games is an entertainment platform, multimedia entertainment platform for kids. It has a lot of mobile games on it, games, deep mobile games, like the top quality that you play on the top of the app store, video content, digital comics, that's all content that's based on Christian values. So some of our content is explicitly a content from the Bible. Others is a brand new universe that we've created a new set of intellectual property called mm. the Rimverse. Uh, the Rimverse is a world where one of our heroes is a, a little girl who's about eight years old. She's a bunny rabbit that wears a tiger costume who's very headstrong, and her name is Maple, and she goes out to try to uh, make the world a better place. And one of her companions is a little mm. boy named Lucas who's about nine, ten years old. He's a skunk. There was a crocodile robot costume that he made um, that has all kinds of cool things that it can do. And they are they're they and their friends exist in this world where they're um, they're growing in their own in their own journey in life. And they're also combating evil. And so what True Play is about is providing world class, really fun, really entertaining, beautiful entertainment for families that contains uh, Christian values and, and doesn't contain a lot of the toxic content the kids are getting exposed to today. And for example, the kind of constant, not just what qualifies or constitutes toxic content, but I know that you have some statistics about that as well. So can you share with us some of the big harms that are happening to kids who are getting online, even in platforms that uh, appear fairly benign? Absolutely. So a few statistics that really appalled me and really kind of motivated me to, to mm-hmm. do what we're doing. So the, 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 one of the most alarming statistics, and a lot of people know this, but not, still a lot of people don't, anxiety, suicide, and depression rates are at all-time highs for children in America, all-time highs. And that, that statistic was true before COVID. It actually mirrors the rise of social media on smartphones. And as we all know, it, it particularly affects you know, young women, teenage girls. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, that's a real public health crisis actually. And, you know, you, it's funny because as a society, we tend to say things like, Mm -hmm. well, if we just had more money, if we just spent more money on this thing, if we just, but that's not really the answer because, you know, it's, it's really the, the values, the messages that people take on the way they, Mm -hmm. you know, the way they see their own value and who they are in their identity that winds up eroding away at their self-image. So anyway, that's the first step. The second step is the average male is exposed to pornography when he's 11 years old in this country. And, and three, four years ago, that was 13 years old. So it's mm. getting worse. And obviously it also means, given that's an average number, there's a significant amount of mm-hmm. boys who get exposed to this kind of stuff, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. Yeah. Right? And, and there's a lot of data. And I think it's important to point out there also that this isn't, finding your uncle's playboy in the trash can when you were 13 year old, which, you know, various people have different attitudes, but it's relatively benign. It's almost a rite of passage as compared to what they can find even accidentally on the internet. It's an entirely different level of pornography. Yeah. So, and, so 
Yeah. No, that's, yeah, when that's, you that's and I were kids. When you and yeah. I were kids, it was that scenario, right? It was yeah. you know, somebody's uncle or some friend, you know, mm-hmm. some friend's dad had a subscription to a magazine. Um, but that involved a lot mm-hmm. of, oh, I got to go to this guy's house and sneak around yeah. and find the thing late mm-hmm. at night. You know, what it means now is it's 10 seconds on a smartphone. It's, yeah. it's right in the high speed internet in your house. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the challenges for many parents, even who content block and try to moderate what it goes in their mm-hmm. own house, you know, inevitably your kid's on a school bus or they're at school or they're at a friend's house and, and you don't have, you just don't have that level of oversight. And so, and, and it was interesting about pornography, you know, the, the Christian church has, I think, done a really good job standing against that for a long time, but there's actually a lot of secular data as well. Mm-hmm. That's very, and a lot of scientific data, you know, looking at men's mental health, looking at men's mm-hmm. physical health, um, tied to the effects of pornography, that it has really started to become pretty prominent. In fact, there's a whole mm-hmm. um, kind of anti-pornography movement uh, that's driven by men that's happening on social media. Now, there's, of course, a large number of women who have been anti-pornography, both, frankly, both a conservative and liberals who have been against mm-hmm. pornography for a long, long time, you know, because of the exploitation of women mm-hmm. and all those things. So it's it's been something that's been a known problem, but it continues to proliferate and continues mm-hmm. to really, again, be another public health issue. Um, you know, another, you know, another thing is that's that you continue to see happening is this is a really interesting step. So 62% of um Americans over 40 years old believe in God without a doubt, which is actually for a first world country quite high. But for children, people under 18, that number is about 32%. So there's this massive gap, right, in belief in God in, you know, in our country um, between those age, those age brackets. And there's a lot of reasons for that. A lot of it is the types of content and messaging that kids are consistently getting from just about every every angle. And even if we want to generalize the conversation now to households that aren't themselves Christian, the point is that internet access has given our kids unfettered access to worldviews, to philosophies, to religions, to models of how to treat people, of models how to treat yourself that harm them, yeah. whatever your family's definition of that harm is. And so, you, and your project is trying to create a platform where you can put them in an ecosystem that has less of that harm and also hopefully foster conversations about those things. Yeah. You know? exactly. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned fostering conversations. Mm-hmm. So I was describing some of our characters. So Lucas, who's the yeah. boy I was describing, who's the skunk with the crocodile mm-hmm. robot outfit, his story is that his brother died a year ago mm. and he's struggling with that right now. He's also, mm. uh, he's an inventor, you know, he's, he's built his own crocodile robot suit and he's going to, get on a spaceship and go on a journey for, for various reasons I won't get into, but he's dealing with in his own emotional growth, the loss of his brother, who was his best friend. There's another girl, Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite stories uh, in the Rimverse named Ava and Ava's parents are divorced and she's having a hard time with it. And she has a hard time articulating. Well, sometimes I live with my mom and sometimes I live with my dad. You know, we have had a divorce, you know, epidemic in our society, since I think it's I think it's about the 70s is when that started. And the biggest victims of divorce were always children. Mm. Right. And so Ava has a hard time articulating to her friends her living situation, her relationship with her stepmom isn't necessarily great. Um, she's also getting bullied at school. And so she has to learn in her journey that 
you know, her identity is not who people tell her that she is or that the world mm-hmm. says that she is. Her identity is who God says she is. There's another character mm-hmm. who um, is uh, who's adopted. And he's his name's Oliver. If if you go to our website, he's in an animated short. He's a fox that wears a bear costume. And so and again, he's got his own journey that he's going on. And so now some of our characters like Maple, uh, who's our tiger, our tiger bunny, who's very headstrong, doesn't really care about other people's opinions, hasn't really necessarily gone through any trauma, but she has her own personality that's, you know, always charging forward. And so there's a various amount of different uh, characters who I think that everybody will be able to identify with at least one of them because they're all, these are all things that all of us go through in life. And to your point, there are ways to see healthy growth and development inside those characters as they go along the journey, but also done in a really fun way. You know, we don't, we don't preach, we don't explain, we just get you into the story. You know, you, you play the games, you watch, you read the comics, you watch the videos and you get taken into the story in the same way, you know, like if you asked a star Wars fan, they would tell you that, uh, hey, you know, actually, you know, Django Fett is Boba Fett's dad, but Boba was actually a clone and Django's actually not a Mandalorian. He just got his armor from somebody else. And they know all that stuff, not because they took a test or there was a multi mm-hmm. choice quiz, but because they're fans, they got involved mm-hmm. in the story. And that's the way that we storytell. And those stories offer hooks for people who are maybe dealing with some questions or issues themselves, or perhaps they have a friend they want to be able to help better who's going through something. Absolutely. I mean, there's. I think there's a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people in the world with with questions. A lot of people in the world who are, mm-hmm. you know, in need of help or trying to cope. And mm-hmm. what's sad is the way the social media environment works. Um, it's not a very conducive environment to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for that kind of conversation. It's almost, you know, too often it's kind of showing the best side of your face, if you mm-hmm. will. Right. And in which you view everyone else is doing great in life and you are struggling or you are failing when, of course, we all know that's not true. But when you're young, right, when you're a teenager Mm -hmm. and you're learning about social interpersonal dynamics anyway, I mean, that's really what teenagehood is about. Right. Is learning how the world works socially. It all gets distorted and twisted. Mm -hmm. Right. When, When you're living your life through social media and you actually need your process, you're working through things. Well, that sounds like a really good tool. And again, also, it's a tool where the children can be exposed to some ideas and then the parents are there and they you have parental access so you can know what's going on and have a wider conversation and yeah. and steer it in a way that often you can't if your kids are just kind of free range on the Internet. Yeah, that's a good point, Jason. Yeah. And what's really mm-hmm. cool is we do a lot of testing with parents and children mm-hmm. and we find that our parents enjoy playing as well. So we'll have mm. a kid test a game and the parents say, oh, come on, let me come play. And we had other mm. games we built previously before we did True Play that will be on this platform, Stained Glass, Journey mm-hmm. of Jesus, Journey of Moses. We had over 7 million people play and most of those players were actually adults. So we know there's a lot of family interest in the games and the content. And that's something that we think can also, you know, it's one thing, Jason, as you were saying, mm. to involve a conversation. It's another thing, to be enjoying it as well. You know, if you've ever played a video game with your kid or watched a movie you both enjoyed, Mm -hmm. it's such a different level of experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now I know you have a very busy day, so we're already running close to our, to our out time. So I wanted to kind of give you the floor. Is there anything that you want that you would like to bring up that you haven't had a chance to yet? 
Well, you know, we're, we're launching mm-hmm. true play next year. Mm-hmm. And okay. so right now I just encourage if there are people out there interested, um, mm-hmm. please go to our website at true play games. You can enter your email address to find out updates. We're, we're on, you know, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, uh, discord, and, um, we're really encouraging people to, you know, get on board and participate. And, you know, you can support what we're doing by, if you buy an NFT, um, you can support the, help support the company. Um, you can also, as I said, sign up and follow us on social media and help spread the word because mm-hmm. the world really needs, you know, if you think about this, so, so when George Lucas started Star Wars mm-hmm. in the seventies, I was kind of the beneficiary. And I think you and I are probably similar in age. And what he said was the children of his day, you know, in the seventies don't have a fairy tale. They don't Mm -hmm. have something that they can believe in. So I'm going to make a fairy tale. And he did. He did a phenomenal job with the first three movies uh, to me, unquestionably uh, hit it out of the park. And then I look at children today and I don't see what values we're teaching them as a society that they can hold on to that are healthy connotations of who they are, of what the pur- mm-hmm. their purpose in life is, of what, you know, socially and mentally healthy ways to deal with things are, or hope, or joy, or love, real the real meaning of love, you know, not just sexual lust. And so those are... Um, those are things, you know, now we're the adults, right? We were, we were the kids in the seventies. Now we're the adults in the room and the adults, you know, and I, I know you're passionate about families and safety, you know, well, well, if we're the adults in the room, then we bear that responsibility. And so our view at True Play is let's, is we're making world-class fun, engaging content so that people just get involved and get excited and everything. Every time we test or show things to people, they love it. And so to get them to to get involved and and hopefully you know hopefully change some people some people's lives for the better. Yeah. Outstanding. That sounds like a really worthy project. I do have one other question. I when I was looking through the preparatory material, you talked about strangers accessing kids on the internet, and we know that although social media is one conduit, there's a lot of that going on in the chat rooms and the voice yeah. chat and online games. And does True Play address that and provide some additional security? Yeah, so so as it stands today on our platform, we don't have any kind of live chat uh, because we take we take that really seriously, and and at least with the games that we have today, um, that's not something that those games have. Now, if that were ever to, you know, something that we needed to do later on, we'd have to figure out how to do it. We would do it in a way that really preserved, you know, safety and trust because we take a true play very seriously you know, the trust mm-hmm. of, you know, families and children to deliver an experience that I would want my kids to have. If I had, if I had never, you know, started true play and had nothing to do with it mm-hmm. at all. And I just handed it to my kid. I would want to maintain the same level of trust as the product producer, mm-hmm. as I would to, uh, as I would expect a parent to be as mm-hmm. a parent. So. Yeah, excellent. So yeah, if your children are playing these games, we don't have to worry about that aspect of internet. No, security. they don't. We currently don't have that feature at all. For the games okay. that we have, they're just not that's not necessary. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I know you've got a lot to do today, but before you go, is there any question that you wish I'd asked you? I think you nailed it. I mean, I, I appreciate your your interest in uh, in this, and again, would sure. just encourage anyone mm-hmm. interested in what we talked about at True Play to you know again go to our website, follow mm-hmm. us on social media, you know, share it with your friends. We're launching in 2023, mm-hmm. and we're really excited about. Uh, you know, the opportunity to provide some positive content that uh, families can trust and, and appreciate your interest here today, Jason.
Outstanding. Thank you so much, Brent. And thank you everybody for watching. Keep an eye on that. We'll put some links in the bottom where you can get to the preview page. And if you'll have time when lunch comes, we'll have you back on for a quick, a quick chat to let folks know how it's going and where they I'd can actually to. Yeah. go for it. Love to do it again. Uh, absolutely. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Jason. I really appreciate it.